Good morning, Perth. Welcome to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. You've got Hugh Best in the chair, and joining me today is Phil Kelly. Phil, if this keeps up, people are going to start talking. What's happening? Yeah, I'm, a bit, I'm locked in this studio. I've been able to get out for a week. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> See, that's what happens. We're uh, we're always short of a wingman, and once someone puts their hand up, that's it. That door's locked. Yeah, I think um, this is this is this is like being in clubland. <laughs> clubland. Very, very similar. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got a packed show today. We have uh, all the way from Perth, Tommy Dolman, the Football West reporter. He's going to tell us all about what's happening at the very business end of. The state leagues. What a business end it is as well. I think in, in all three leagues. Oh, yeah. State and NPL at the moment. I think what the only one that uh, is not um, down to the last weekend is the state division two with Gosnells already Gosnells crowned. Gosnells have, have sealed the top spot. With the result last week. got positions two, three and four. That's right. Which seven clubs are actually eligible for. Seven? Seven. There's only 12 in that league. Exactly. So Gosnells... Out, there's only four clubs with Southwest Phoenix in that position, unfortunately. Um, well, looking at the other end, say second, third, and fourth play off against 11th in Division One for promotion. Oh, that's right. I get yeah. yeah. I was going to have a chat to, uh, to Tom about that to see how that was uh, going to work. It was still the same situation. We have after Tommy Dolman, all the way from the Apple Isle, our favorite mine in particular, uh, Molly Appleton. Uh, founder of Molly's Rants and reporter for the Devonport Herald. Is it the Herald? Tribune? I can't remember. We'll have a chat to Molly. I keep forgetting her newspaper, but um, she's going to be joining us uh, at about 10.30. Then we have Aaron Trevathan. Then we have Aaron Trevathan. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, there's Huey with his um, usual messing up. I've pressed, there's three buttons on there now, mate. I'll turn that one off. So, I will be heard, Hugh. Good morning, <laughs> Phil. Good morning, Phil. Apologies uh, there, uh, listeners. It's been over a month since I've been behind the chair, so quite relaxed to the point where I'm not pressing the buttons in the, in the right order. Uh, after Aaron, who's going to talk to us all about uh, European football, EPL in particular, and good to see uh, Manchester United, the pressure taking off them and going to the other team that's not winning. It's just ridiculous. Three, three weeks in and sack this and sack that. Isn't it crazy? I can't believe These aren't it. real fans, though. No, no. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just media making media stories to sell but do, media. But do you think it is? I think it is driven by, yeah. by the media. Yeah. It's the same with, with Man U the last few weeks as well. Yeah. It's been the same thing. I mean, Ten Hag has signed, from what I understand, I'm, you know, I'm not in the, in the business halls of, uh, of Old Trafford, a five-year deal. Mm. You're not sacking somebody three weeks. Nah. Well, I mean, it's nah. not three weeks. Obviously, it's nah. probably, what, his second or third month now? Three months Give into a time. five-year deal. Yeah. And then, what, but what about his calls to sack Klopp? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for the Premier League. Thanks, thanks for, for the, the Champions, Champions League. League. See you later, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, now uh, West Brom hero Roberto Di Matteo did the mm. same thing at Chelsea and less than six months after he won them the Champions League, it was gardening leave. Yeah. See you later, son. Thank you very much for all you've done. Thanks very we much. We appreciate that big trophy in the uh, cabinet, but uh, off you go. I can't believe how how some of the agendas um, are just driven to, to, to sell advertising space, for want of a better phrase. And after Aaron, we will have... Oh, can we get onto that uh, topic with, uh, with Aaron when we talk to him in the second hour? And then we have Matt Stacey, who's going to talk to us all things uh, Perth Glory um, Shed related, as well as Perth Glory. Apparently there's another uh, tour of duty coming up. So we'll, have well I think there might be a very long tour of duty for the glory as well. Serious? Yeah, well, I think there's been some discussions around the ground availability of HBF Park. That's right, yep. And the 
facility at Joondalup not being adequate for the APL. Is so that Glory may be forced to play their games over East. Oh, see, I was thinking that maybe with uh, another egg-shaped code having their finals at Leaderville Oval and putting up temporary stands, that mm. that might be suitable. But again, if Joondalup uh, is... Deemed unsuitable, you'd have to think that Leaderville would be well, deemed probably unsuitable. Will. And it's just a temporary stadium idea mm-hmm. that, that the glory we're running with. I, I, I just don't think that that, that it's sufficient to uh, what the A League requires. And we're talking about the corporate, the TV, the sponsorship here yeah, um, but, being, I mean, being the key Channel, drivers. Channel Seven um, have a, a, a deal with the Egg Shape Code, and they regularly set up television coverage there. So I can't see how Channel 10 would have well, different I, requirements. That's the thing, isn't it, right? Because you do. You see but you see plenty of code, and we see it now actually with the Australia Cup. Yep. We're seeing broadcast quality coming out of grounds that certainly right. wouldn't I mean, normally be. I mean, when, when they played uh, Wellington Phoenix. Exactly. I mean, if you can, if you can go to Bonnie Rig or you can go to Devonport or you can go to you know, Redcliffe up in mm. Brisbane and yep. get broadcast quality... Pitches. But is it the broadcast quality or is it the corporate sponsorship side of it? And that's probably, you know, that's another, another side of it that, that we probably need to think about as well. But yeah. is, that, is that important for now? Well. I'd rather, uh, see, I'd rather see games for the glory in Perth, oh, where, wherever they are, whether they're at HBF Park, whether they're at Dorian Gardens yep. or Leaderville Oval. Yep. I'd rather see games in no, Perth. No, it was interesting the chat uh, that you and Sean had with Liam Reddy because – the, the point you made, Phil, on air that, you know, everyone thinks that that COVID isolation of the glory over East was tough. But mm. by all understandings, and particularly from what um, first-hand accounts from Liam Reddy, that the glory did it better than most. They made sure that it was a family-friendly environment, that everybody was included and that everybody was looked after. So yeah, well, if- what surprised me with Liam is that he seemed very un- unfazed by the, yeah, yeah. by the whole process and the ordeal. Well, I think a lot... Yeah, again, I don't know for for certain, but if you're isolating and you are literally isolated, you mm. you and a hotel room, that's as we saw with with Sturridge. And there was yeah. a lot of other issues with Daniel Sturridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You but, you, but you can't keep fit on a treadmill, right? No, no, or, you, or an that's exercise bike. What, what yeah. um, Tony Sage was saying, particularly with, with uh, Daniel Sturridge, that he was locked in. He, I don't know, that's not the right right phrase. He was isolated in his room for the best part of three weeks. Uh, you you can't. You can't live like that. No. You know, with someone knocking on your door and going, mate, here's your meal. I mean, but as we say, the glory did it a little bit differently than that, uh, which is excellent. Now, Phil, do you want to have a chat to uh, a chat about Mandra or should we leave that with Tommy? We'll, we'll leave that to later. Tommy. Yeah. Okay. Because that's probably a, I mean, with the statements that have been issued this morning, yeah. that's probably a, a lengthy discussion now. Which is why I thought, do you want to get that started now? <laughs> well, I tee up a few things on the yeah. uh, on the screen because I'm trying to find my way back into well, it. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll let the listeners know while, while you're getting ready, though. Brilliant. But obviously, Thanks, there's, been, there's been uh, an announcement made by Mandra this morning, so most of you would, would know that uh, the game today is the debut for former Celtic player Lee Griffiths. Yep. And uh, Mandra have... Uh, Issued a statement this morning in regards to the admission prices for for those for the for the, the two matches that are coming up, and um, there was actually an article in the West Australian this week as well, um, with Football West threatening some sanctions against Mandra because of the competition rules, wow. and they uh, 
the maximum that a state league club can charge in Division One is six dollars. Yeah, and obviously free entry for under sixteens. Um, so Mandra have issued that statement this morning saying that they will follow the competition rules. And, well, uh, I mean, and, and exactly what you were saying last week. I mean, there needs to be standards, there need to be enforceable standards, and there need to be clear standards. Mm. But i got a question here. Go. Why are some rules more important than others? <laughs> yeah, well... Right. And, and, and let, let's be honest, right? The kitchen sink's been thrown at Mandra. They were threatened with significant fines, yeah. points deductions. Wow. All sorts of stuff, right? And no club wants that. No club no, no, president's going to make not. a decision. And, and that's, that's, gonna... that's a, you know, that, that, that's the hammer. But there are other, there are other rules... And this is something close to my heart, something that um, does come up a lot that we're probably not so strict on. But how Football West have acted to uphold the integrity of the competition rules is good. Yep. It's just I wish it was done more openly yep. with other rules as well. And we, we, don't need to talk, we don't need to say what. We no, all know no, what. No, no, no. And we all know why Mandra's charging $20. That's right. And it's all related. Yep. Right? Yep. So why are, we, why are we strict on one rule? And not on the others. And that's the question I put to Football West. Yep. I put it to them privately. I put it to them publicly. Yep. And, and when I was refereeing, you know, you'd, you'd have uh, on-the-run chats with players go, well, that's just a dumb that's just a dumb rule. It's like, yep. well, yeah, it is. And, and so I can only go by refereeing standards. You chat to referees. Go, you do. I, I, I can't yep. enforce a rule and ignore another. They're... Well, laws. Yep. Sorry, uh, I'm sure Mr. Cheeseman is listening. They are, in fact, as well. No, as well, they are laws. You are right, though. They they're are laws of the game. They're laws. They're, they're, they're laws of the game, yeah. and there's uh, there's a fair amount of them. And if you want to enforce a law of the game or a law of the land, for want of a better phrase, you yeah. need to enforce all. And laws we can't of pick and choose which ones equally. we're going to use at, at time exactly or right. against who or. Yeah. You know, because that's when that's when our integrity really suffers. That's right. That's right. right. And, and that's where, again, in the interpretation and, and the consistency. If you go, yeah. well, I'm going to ignore that one and that's okay, but I'm going to yeah. enforce this one heavily. No. And, the, and then we end up with a club that wants to, you know, bend the rules slightly yep. to accommodate for another bending of the rules yep. and we end up in this situation yep. and it's not good for the game. No. No, 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 but we will get in touch with Tommy Dolman very shortly and we can uh, continue that. But we'll talk more about the State League and the excitement that is building now that we are at, well, I won't say the point. This is the point. Well, we're, this we're is definitely the pointy end. I mean, it's, it. a, it's, it's a last match day for the NPL. Yep. And I think that is down to the wire. Yeah. With Sterling, Floriot, and Perth Redstar. Perth Redstar. All absolutely in the running, depending on results. I think it's all in Floriot's hands. Yep. Today, well, it's theirs to lose. It's theirs to lose, basically. Mm. Um, but and, and wow, what a what a match! What a match year. day we're in for. Yeah, huh? Not bringing up last year, but it is but, theirs to lose. Mm. All right, thanks, Phil. We will get. Uh, sorry about uh, listeners about the earlier microphone issue. I, you know, there was two green buttons in front of me, uh, but unfortunately, it wasn't the one I needed. <laughs> so you stick with us. You're on one hundred seven point nine Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. Plenty more to come. We're here till twelve o'clock. And that's thanks to our major sponsors, which you'll hear in just one moment. Stick with us. No, why didn't that? Oh, that's right. I've got to press that one. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Oswest Fencing and Rotain is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Rotain. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Now I believe he's gonna work me into the ground. 
Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 9258 6822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. One hundred seven point nine FM, your local station. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. Joining us on the line now is Football West reporter Tom Dolman. Tommy, good morning. How are you? Morning, uh, morning, Hugh. Morning, Phil. Yeah, really good. Really excited. We've got a um, really exciting final round of the NPL men's and, and women's competition. Um, in prospect and obviously some, some bits in the State League to tidy up as well. Yeah, yeah. We were just talking before we got you on air about uh, Floriot being it's theirs to lose and I was uh, kind enough to mention to Floriot fans that uh, we haven't seen that happen for about 12 months where it was theirs to lose. Yeah, well, that, that's right. They've had a couple of near misses in the yep. past couple of years. So they were top of the league and unbeaten after 12 games in 2021. That's and, right. And with nine points clear of Perth. And then um, had a little bit of a wobble mid-season, and that ultimately cost them. And, and in 2020, you might remember as well, it went to the final day. Floria, it was That's in their right. hands again. They lost by um, they lost by two goals to one, thanks to two late Coburn goals um, right. at EMB Leaders Stadium. And combined with um, ECU June Bop's 4-0 win against Sorrento, they, they went on to win the league. So um, there's been a couple of near misses for Floria. They'll be hoping that today at Armadale, there's um, no such problems, but... As we know, a bit of a cliche, Alfred State Reserve always a tough place to go, so I'm not sure it'll be smooth sailing, and I'm expecting plenty of twists and turns throughout the day. Yep, yep. Uh, so I um, I actually had, uh, with one of the predictors, I had Floriot winning that one, but as you say, Alfred Skeet is... I mean, particularly with that home crowd. Well, Armadale on any day, let oh, alone yeah. at Alfred Skeet. There's been a bit of rain down, down in yeah, yeah, uh, Armadale yeah. this morning as well. So I think be, that could be that could be that could go down to the wire that one. Which you... chair, and I think. Oh, sorry, Phil. No, you're right. No, no, go. Sorry, Tom. You, you're our guest. You you interrupt us, please. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, particularly with Armadale as well, they love playing that role of spoilers as well. We've seen it so often over the years. They like to ruffle up the big teams. They like to to sort of make a bit of a stamp on on things. So yeah, I expect that John will have them motivated and, and ready to go. And I suppose a lot of the focus is going to be on the title race. Um, today, obviously, but in terms of Armadale, the 29 points they've collected is the record points tally that they've they've taken um, since they were promoted to the MPL is in 2004. Right? Yeah, so it just goes to show what a what a good job John has done there. Oh, exactly. And, and yeah, well, it's, uh, it, it's going it's to be a highest points total for 20 years. That, that's why we get you on, Tommy. That that's a stat that I'm, I'm staggered to hear. You because we we see Armadale. I mean. They're always consistent, but to, to say 29 points is the highest, that, that's and a, and a top six finish, potentially, as well. That's actually yeah. exceptional. Wow. And and the the cup run they had as well. So to to, to battle on three fronts and, and still get a, a record points total is, is yeah, well, well played. Exactly right. But I couldn't agree more. John, John would certainly enjoy ruining Floriot's day. <laughs> I know John very well. And now we'll be, he'll, be, he'll be out to make sure that happens today for sure. Yep. Tom, the uh, Bayswater-Balcata game. 
do you uh, how do you see that one going? This is an important game. Yeah, um, it ties in. It ties in with the top four race and with the bottom of the league. That's right. We'll start. We'll start on the top four because Bayswater basically needs three points. Yep. Um, to qualify for the top four, um, first time since 2018, I believe. But they um, they've been pretty consistent throughout the season. Dropped a few points in recent weeks, and, and then have sort of hit back. Um, they they obviously need the three points. Uh, Sorrento are playing. Sterling, um, Sterling right. obviously involved in a title race, so that's the game I'm actually on today. I'm looking forward to that, to seeing obviously two teams who are desperate for the three points. So, um, yeah, so Sorrento needs to win, um, and they also need Bayswater to lose. Um, and in terms of the bottom of the league as well, Balcata just need a point. So that's the that's the important fixture at the bottom of the table as well. We saw Balcata have that massive three 0 win against Quellup last weekend yeah. at the Croatian Sporting Complex. Quellup still do have a chance, despite trailing Valcatta by three points in the standings at the moment, but they would need Bayswater to beat Valcatta, and they would also need to beat Keith Perth Warriors. If, if those results come together, then Club would stay up on goal difference. Goal it Wow. You're going to love when it goes well, down there, the goal difference. There's three There's three goals between Valcatta and Gwellup at the moment. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, um, yeah. There was a bit of a swing last week, obviously, with Valcada winning by three nil. That sort of led to a bit of a six-goal swing because it was a little wider than that. Mm. Um, but obviously, if, obviously, God had to win the game, um, and and if Valcada lose, it doesn't really matter by how many goals because um, yeah, they're already trailing on the goal difference scale anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true enough. Um, what other one takes your eye there, Tommy? Um, as you say, you, you touched upon uh, Gwellup, Croatia there. They're playing the Perth Glory. Any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean... I mean, both sides are having a fairly tough season, as you mentioned with, with Gwellup. But the Glory, um, you know, apart from last week's result, were hadn't won in three weeks. So it's only one win in four weeks for for the Glory. And, of course, yeah. um, uh, Gwellup not having won in, what's that, five, but six the, weeks? The, the Glory are probably resting some of their fringe A-League players as well. So is... Is uh, that you, part of with, is that part uh, of the equation? Well, I think they're forced to. I think they have to do it. It's part of the. Oh, uh, is that right for the PFA? Yeah, uh, I, think, EB... I think that might be part. I'm not sure, Tommy. Maybe you're aware. Yeah, is that part of the EBA with the uh, the PFA for um, fringe glory players? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure no. on, the, on the on the on the specifics regarding the EBA. But what I what I can tell you is obviously. Um, quite a lot of those players, the likes of Adam Zimmerino, Joshua Anasmo, mm-hmm. um, Joe Ford as well, all, all of them started the... Obviously, all of them played senior A-League men's minutes last season. Right. And they started the MPLWA men's campaign this year, but now that the glory is starting to get up and about with their um, pre-season, a lot of their senior players from the academy have gone across to be part of the train-on squad for the pre-season. So... What you've seen in the recent weeks since Kenny Lowe's gone back is he's trying to bring through a few of the under-20s um, who, who, who were sort of um, with the glory earlier in the season. The under-20s playing for the first team minutes at the academy level, possibly with a view to next season. But, um, yeah, they've, they've obviously got so much depth and so much talent there. I expect them to, um, to, to, to sort of bounce back next season and be pretty strong again as they, as they have been the last couple of years. They obviously made the top four last year and got to a preliminary final. Um, it'll just be it'll just be interesting to see what the makeup of their squad is next year in terms of how many of those players do go across to play with the Glory A League men's team and, and and then as we've seen in the past some of them do move on to to pastures over east. Yeah, yeah, much to the um, to the regret of um, 
the hierarchy at Glory and uh, and to the fans because often we see them develop into the players that we we knew they could develop into and. Um, you know, luckily enough, at the moment there's no transfer system, but uh, we always wish them to come back. Um, Rawlings being one, we had uh, Neville being another one, where they developed here, and you know maybe see, they're polished elsewhere. But um, see, I don't mind if they go over east when there's a domestic transfer system in place, and if that was exactly, and if that was the case, yep, yep. I'd, I would encourage it. It means that there's, you know. Recognition well, for development right. of young talent, exactly right. and you could then obviously be a, a, a type of club like Perth Glory is mm. that turns out quite a few higher quality players that do end up playing over race. But yeah. uh, the def- the domestic transfer market is coming. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. coming. It's always coming. Uh, yeah. but like, Winter is coming as well. I, I think it's. I think it is closer than it's ever been. Yeah, turn it up. Come on, mate. We've only been talking about this since I've been behind the chair here, and that's for getting up for three years now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I often see that. Um, yeah, maybe that's part of the stumbling block why Mr. Sage and um, uh, Mr. Forrest have yet to put uh, some hard earn into a, a standalone stadium because, you know, if you can get a domestic transfer system, then you can put um, proper, pro- damn this thing, proper training and academy facilities in and mm. that way you are being able to fund some of that some of that money into a... Uh, like a, 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 a well, class A academy, Absolutely. But, but never mind. So sorry, that that's a different story. Um, so the only other game that um, we've yet to touch on is the Inglewood Perth game, but uh, mm. that that's mid table. There's, there's surprisingly enough, apart from um, you know local bragging rights, there's not a great deal of um, pressure on either team there. Can you can we see a six six all draw there or what, Tom? <laughs> you know, well, you dr- drag the keeper and just let the strikers go mental. What? Well, there's definitely a chance the handbrake will be off. Uh, for those <laughs> two Obviously, nothing to play for, but 3.3 3 of the team. And, and if, if Armadale drop points, they're currently six. Yep. Um, if, if either team, dro- uh, sorry, if either of those teams win and Armadale lose, then they will secure a top half finish. Not that it really means much in the grand scheme of things, but, but that's kind of just a positional thing. Maybe, maybe just worth going back as well. We've not also touched on the Red Star versus. Oh, of course Coburn not. Game, yes, my mistake. Yep. Because they're right in the thick of the title race as well. It's probably worth just going back over it. Florent going to the game on 44, Spilling going to the game on 43, and Red Star going to the game on 42. So, um, so, so obviously, for Spilling to win the league, they'd need to win, and for Florent to drop points, and for Red Star to win the league, uh, they would need the top two above them to, to drop points, and, and obviously, they would need to get the business done against Coburn. But, geez, they, they would have been. Um, Ruining that that game last week, that five two defeat to Sorrento. Because oh, yeah. given that given that Florit and Sterling ended up drawing nil nil in round twenty one, um, they if they'd have got the win against Sorrento, they would have been top of the league and they would have been the ones who'd had it in their own hands. So it's just amazing how how many twists and turns and really? things that we have had, had had throughout the season. And I'm sure we're going to see a couple today. These things, these uh, these sorts of days never tend to be boring. And um, and obviously, you can catch all of the action on MPL.TV if you can't get out to a game, but you'd be a bit silly if you weren't getting to one, I don't I think. Good plug, Tommy. Well done, mate. That, that's what we got you on for. Well done. Uh, for the women's <laughs> NPL, uh, Red Star had that wrapped up, what, uh, three months ago, was it? I think Perth secured second. Perth have secured second. Yep. Yeah, I'm just looking at that table now. Yep. Perth are on, uh, in second place, 21 games played, 40 points, and Fremantle City, uh, 20 games played. So they've still got a game in hand, but I think there's only, what, two games left? Is that right, Tom? Mm. Yes, yeah, so the key result, um, Phil Hinsdale last night, Perth 
uh, soccer club beat Murdoch University Melville by three goals to yep. nil. Yep. Great goal from great goal from Abby Meekins, by the way. Um, last night you can you can view those on the uh, on the football website. That, those can, goals on the football West socials. Can but, I just um, jump in there, Tom? Is is Abby in the uh, Perth Glory women's side? Uh, not at the moment, no. no um, okay. She's, uh, she, she's in the Perth. Um, she, she's had a great season, though. Yeah. She's double, double double figures in goals and assists this season, I believe. So, um, yeah, she, she's definitely going to be okay. up there as one of the contenders for the gold medal, I suspect. But yeah. That, that 3-0 win last night for Perth basically secured second spot for them, which is um, a double chance in the top four cups. So... They'll go into a major semi-final with Red Star next weekend. Um, obviously, dates and, and times will be confirmed by Football West during the week. Um, the other the other factor to last night's game as well was that Murdoch University Melville's uh, season is over now. Yes. They needed to win um, last night, and they needed NTC to drop points on Sunday against Fremantle City. But um, given Murdoch University Melville lost that game last night, it means that NTC will be playing in their post in their first postseason. Um, since the MPLWA Women's Era began. OK, well, because I'm looking at the ladder. The, the NT, you, so you're banking the, the games that they've got in hand. So uh, Murdoch have played 21 games and NTC have only played the 20. So you uh, yeah, are banking that game for... There's only 21 games in the season. Oh, OK. Of course it is. Sorry, my mistake. Yes. And they play Sunday. And they play Sunday. That's right. Yep. And they're playing. Where have I got that? You said, uh, yeah, Fremantle City. So, yeah, OK. In a dead dead rubber, yeah. So that game game won't mean anything because I don't think NDC can win and and quite make up the ground of Fremantle to get a home uh, minor semi-final either. OK. Now, Tom, can I uh, ask a question without notice? Is there relegation promotion in the NPLW? Uh, there isn't. Um, that was something that was... Um, I, I'm not actually sure what the framework is with regards to that. I, I know that they were going to have yeah. at least a couple of years initially um, where there was no relegation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether the pandemic um, has affected the time scale on that, but that's probably a question you'd have to put the football west. Yep, fair enough. No, because, yeah, I, I hadn't heard whether that had been instigated, but there was always that chat that it would be coming in, and, and that's one of uh, Phil's uh, and myself uh, favourite uh, subjects to, to discuss is relegation, where you, you actually have that uh, that pressure of, of performing to, rather than just stumbling through. Not that I'm giving uh, anybody down the, the, the yeah. bottom end of that, that I think, table. I think it'd be good to see an expansion of the women's NPL cool. first oh, yes. before we look at yeah, relegation. Yeah. Um, exactly. However, that... You know what relegation does do is it inspires that yep. achievement. You know to avoid that relegation spot. So you know there is that question about whether that's a, whether that would have a impact on improving the state league women's as well. Well, and that's a that's a fairly loaded question there, Phil. Would it improve? <laughs> that, that's a fairly loaded question as yeah. well. Now with um, we'll go to state league one if that's okay with you, Tom. Sure. So at uh, State League One, we have Olympic. Oh, so Olympic Kingsway have uh, secured they secured that two weeks ago, wasn't it? Uh, the championship. Yeah, well, so, so Kingsway basically need a miracle to not win the league or seal promotion. They're six points clear. We're yep. nice with two games left, That's and right. they've got significant goal difference on their side. Yep. So they, they they only need a point against Rockingham or UWA in the final two weeks to confirm promotion. Yeah, we'll lose both games nine lose... <laughs> nil. Yeah, and for Western Knights to win both their games. So it's an unlikely set of results. So, yeah, well done to David Tuff. He's, um, he's obviously got a really good squad over at Olympic Kingsway, and we've seen what Sterling has done in the MPL men's this season. Correct. So yeah. I think I think Tuff is a good coach, and he's got some good players in that team, and I think they'll definitely give the, um, 
the NPL are shaking next season. I think they'll be very competitive. Um, in terms of the teams below, um, I'm not 100% sure as to whether there is a State League Top 4 Cup this year. Um, uh, there, but... is, there is for first team. Good one. Thanks, yep. Phil. Yeah. But not, not the reserves or 18s. Sorry, hang on. Sorry, no. Other way around. <laughs> not for first team. What am I saying? Not for first team, but there is for 18s and reserves. So, Phil, yeah. can I uh, ask you the, that question? Is yep. there a um, top two, top three promotion or just the top? F- no, just the one. Just the one. Just so one, one up, up, one down. One up, one down. Okay. Yeah. You have to talk to the NPL standing committee as to why that's No, that, that's fair enough. No, no. I, I, don't, I don't want a one up, one down. I, I also yep. enjoy a, a one up, one down and next to top two in a playoff to make it two up, two down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which... Again, we've seen those playoff systems where the higher rank, well, the higher league team usually have enough quality to stay, but it gives the the option for the for the teams below, particularly Olympic Kingsway, who have um, slowly and steadily built this juggernaut of a side. And I, I think you're right there, Tom. When they uh, when they get it back into the NPL, which I believe they they they're one of those ones that rightly believe, Nottingham Forest style, we believe we belong in the uh, in the top league. It is good uh, to see. It is good to see Olympic Kingsway yeah. back in the Premier League. I, I, that you know they are a, an old stalwart of the league. I think is probably yeah. the best way to put oh, it. Exactly right. Exactly. And right. it's great, especially because of where they've where they've been yeah, as okay. well, and they've they've risen up back up through the ranks. So it's fantastic to see. But still, lots of excitement in State League One. Yeah, yeah. So uh, down the bottom of the ladder. Down the bottom of the ladder. It's only separated yeah. by. Uh, Four points, the bottom three sides. So the bottom side goes down, yep. but 11th place plays off with two, three, and four from Division Two. That's why I had that thought yeah. in my head, because I, yeah, I thought it was both divisions had that same system. Okay. So at the moment, down the, uh, down the bottom end of State League One, we've got Subiaco on 16 points, UWA Netherlands in 11th place on 16 points, and Quinns on 12 points, all of those with two more games to two play. More, two more games to play. What's your uh, thought process down there, Tom? Which which one of those do you think is in the most peril? Is it Quinns? Well, it's going to be hard for Quinns, you'd think. Um, just in general, their, their run of form has been, been pretty poor. Um, if you just look at the consecutive games that they've sort of had down there without a win, it's been, it's been a really tough tough season, actually, for them since, since Glen Gross State. Yep. Obviously, departed. They obviously got to a top four final last season. That's they played right. United in that, and I remember doing that game, and I was pretty impressed with them. They... Um, obviously lost that game on the day. But, yeah, obviously they, things have taken a bit of a turn. Uh, for the worst up there, they, they've sort of got it um, all to do. UWA obviously had a massive win during the week against Forestfield. I think it was Forestfield anyway, mm. um, on the Tuesday in one of their catch-up games, which has created that bit of a breathing room. Yeah. So, yeah, it seems as though um, Subiaco and, and UWA are going to be duking out to see who, um, who confirms their Division One status and who sinks into the um, into the playoff spot. Yeah, and just, UWA had a great run. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think they've lost the one game to Western Knights recently, but they're la- they've they've basically been unbeaten for a good part of this round round two. Yeah, yep. So and, and Quinns, you know, you, you sort of scratch your head and, th- and think what's happened there. I'm just having a look at that table, and they're they're averaging a three-one defeat every week. They've got a minus thirty-seven goal difference uh, against sixty-two four twenty-five. So you, you you do the math on that, and it's not one of my strong points. But yeah, I'm looking at that thinking that's three-one every game. It's unlikely. Yeah. Unlikely. Division two, Tom. What can you tell us there? Obviously, we know Gosnells and um, and Mark Anthony have done a su- superb job there and have run away with that league title. They're currently uh, eight points clear of Karamar Shamrock Rovers with a game in hand. Um, so well done there to, to Gosnells. 
What can you tell us about that division? Thanks, Tom. So I suppose the um, I suppose obviously worth mentioning. Gosnells had that two-one win over Balga mm-hmm. during the week in one of their catch-up games. So that was the game which officially cemented um, a title that, that looked really likely. I think they I think they beat they're unbeaten in fourteen games or, or something like yeah. that. The last the, time they were defeated was to, to Joondalup City back in round two. Yeah, it's the one they've game they've lost all year. Was it round two? Round yeah. three? Yeah, yeah, and that's the only game they've lost all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they've only drawn two. So yeah, they've just been steamrolling. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And and they um they had a really good run last season as well, which it was they they had a good cup run. They went out to Florida in the final eight, but um, they used that cup run as a bit of a catalyst to build through the season. And just fell short of of getting promotion through the playoffs. But obviously, um, uh, yeah, Mark Anthony's sort of been able to kick things on there, and they've gone again and been super consistent. So, congratulations to them in terms of the in terms of the um, the promotion race below. Um, Karamai Shamrock Rovers are obviously assured of their position. Um, I believe now, I think they're too far ahead of third and fourth. But then below them, you've got a bit of a tight race. Um, there's a few teams that still have games in hand, so it's a little bit complicated in terms of who needs to do what. And there's obviously some teams with two games, some teams with three games. But you've got Swan United, Kingsley Westside, uh, Curtin and, and Balger, I think, are the four teams. Um, maybe yep. maybe Morley Wimbles as well. Yeah, Morley are only a point behind Balger at the moment. Yep. Oh, and so uh, yeah. Junelup City. So Morley and Junelup City are on 25 points. Uh, and that's one point behind Balga at the moment for sixth spot. Yeah, so it's, yeah, second to fifth. So yeah, it's the top it's second to uh, sorry, second to fourth who who get into the um, into the um, uh, into divisional playoff, obviously with the eleventh place teams um, coming down from Div One. So yeah, there's plenty to play for in that league still, and, and obviously Southwest Phoenix as well have, have got it all to do as well. Um, an eight point gap to make up with only three games left if they want to avoid relegation. Um, it's been a tough season for them with just the one win. Yeah, eight eight points in three games, so mathematically still possible. But well, and Canning would need to lose all of lose them. all of their games as well. It's 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 again, it's that mathematical equation yeah. that's probably. Yeah. I mean, to put it this way: look, Ashford could make the top four, right? <laughs> mathematically, that's right. I was and, and I tell you right now, we're 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 actually calculating all everything, every possible formula for that. Um, but it's probably unlikely at this point in time from ninth position yeah. to finish fourth. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's good news, Tom. Anything else you want to uh, inform us about? Uh, it's a decent day out there after the early morning rain. So, um, have you seen much of the pitches? Do you, do you, do you see any likelihood of a, um, a postponement due to ground conditions today? You know, the accumulation of uh, of that weather has uh, really impacted some grounds. Yeah, I think it's. I think we've had enough dry weather this week. Um, I, I would suspect for, for the games to go ahead this week, um, I would be very surprised. I've certainly not heard anything um, contrary to that. Um, yeah, it's just going to be an exciting day. It's very rare that you, you come into a final day of a, of a regular season with five of the six games um, having something to play for. So, yeah, well, obviously, I'll be at the Sterling Sorrento game today, a big game for the sec- for, for the title race and for the top four. Um, Sean, the other commentator, um, he'll be doing the Armadale Florette game. So I'll give one final plug. You can listen to us both on MPL.tv if you can't get to a game. And, and obviously, you can catch all the state league action as well. Um, probably worth mentioning as well that, that obviously, um, we're expecting Lee Griffiths to make a debut for Mandurah against uh, Western Knights as well. Well so, done, mate. Yeah, well done, mate. There's a great segue. Phil? Over to you. <laughs> but obviously, there's been there's been some announcements uh, this morning from Mandra in relation to that fixture as well, Tommy. 
Hasbe, I've, I've not. Has heard. Heard. <laughs> <laughs> We're not trying to throw you under the bus there, Tom. But yeah, Mandra I'm City have uh, have released a press statement overnight, uh, indicating that there was some uh, error with the ticketing uh, situation. Phil's got more information. Uh, well, basically, that they I think they were charging twenty dollars admission. So now they'll be following the competition rules and adopting the the maximum six dollars and free entry for under sixteens. No comment. Good. Well done. Well done. Straight back there. In fact, that's oh. gone straight to the keeper. Well done. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think you. I didn't think you were asking me a question. He wasn't actually asking a question. No, that was a statement. No, it was more of a statement. We, we were going to see if you were going to embellish that one, mate. But no worries. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's new. So if you are going down to Mandra, uh, it is the standard fare for uh, ticketing prices, and they uh, in that uh, press release uh, have indicated that if you did pay. More than that amount, uh, you're entitled to a refund, and they were very, very happy to sort you out with that one. Or you can, um, as is the case, stick with your ticket price because you will see a um, Scottish Premier League player live in the flesh. You may so, choose to, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's, that's a possibility as well. And and that, I, I believe that's money well spent. And mm. uh, we and Phil and I, when I say we, Phil and I spoke off air about that uh, situation previous times back in the in the seventies when Bobby Moore was over here. Clubs were charging. Yeah, uh, and you absolutely. were seeing, well, in that particular instance, a World Cup winning captain. So that's money well spent, I, th- I believe. But uh, And I think some Rangers fans jumping on the bus as well. Oh, no. To this afternoon. <laughs> oh, no. Come on, boys. You behave yourself when you get down there. Tommy, thank you very much for joining us. We really do appreciate your time uh, here on the World Football Programme. And we understand you are always busy on match day. So, as I say, we certainly do appreciate your Uh, your input into our show and you call well today son and have a great day we'll talk to you very very soon in the future thanks boys enjoy the rest of your weekend thank you tommy that was tommy dolman football west reporter and uh, again it's always our pleasure to have tommy on there and that is thanks to football west so i wonder who's flying the football west chopper today yeah no it's uh the npl trophy yeah wow now that yeah. Because there's a bit of distance. <laughs> That's true enough. Yeah. Yeah. You would think maybe they've got it down at Alfred Skeet. Just... Oh, I think I'd be, I'd probably be sitting on the freeway <laughs> just off of Armadale Road there. <laughs> just on... <laughs> <You> <laughs> That's, where all... I, that's where I'd probably put myself. Yeah. And then uh, have a quick check of the scores come, I don't know, what? Yeah. Yeah. Half four. Maybe I, I have this heard that that helicopter saga <laughs> with the EPL is yeah. a bit of a furphy. Yes, it is. So, yeah, oh, think, the helicopters in I the think, end. No, no, think, we've got. I think three, they might. Three. I think they might have. Um, they might have two trophies or something. <laughs> I heard it was three. Yeah, three. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they got one in the um, in the show cabinet at yeah. uh, um, EPL headquarters, and one goes to a club, and the other one is just just in case. Just, just in, in case. case. Yeah. Well, that's great. Thank you very much for for joining us and we will be back very, very shortly with Aaron Trevathan, the founder of the Football Tragics podcast. He will be talking... No, it's Molly Appleton we've got next. My mistake. Aaron's going to be in the second hour. We've got Molly Appleton all the way from the Apple Isle. She's going to talk to us all things women's football, including the Junior Matildas campaign in Costa Rica that involved our very own Hannah Lowry and Miranda Templeman. So you stick with us. On the World Football Programme, you have Hugh and Phil in the chair. Plenty more to come. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM.
You're listening to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. We are proud to be the longest-running football show on radio in Australia. Join myself, Penny Tannerhoth, Pete Skeller, Sean Kelly and Hugh Best every Saturday morning in the 10am to noon space. You will hear football conversations with a range of guests and gurus. The show lands as a podcast on our website and you can subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening in to the World Football Program. to community radio powered by passionate football volunteers just like myself you can appreciate the entertainment by becoming a station member hi i'm phil kelly chair of the football west men's state league standing committee listen in next for western australian local football news Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle. We're here thanks to our partners, Futsal WA, the biggest and best futsal competition in Perth, Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for all your custom-built ornamental and security fencing, front and side gates and electronic gate setup, and gate and fence hardware WA for all your related hardware and automation packages. And thanks to those lovely sponsors, we can go all the way to the Apple Isle and talk to our favourite Tasmanian, Molly Appleton. Good morning, Molly. How are you this morning? Good. Or this afternoon? Good morning. It's, I, it's just ticked over to this afternoon here. Yeah. It's feeling like a morning. And where do we find you this mor- uh, this afternoon, Molly? I'm actually home at the moment. I will get to a soccer ground down the road, but that's not till two, so we've got a bit of time to play with. Oh, I thought uh, Devonport were away to South Hobart today. Yeah, they are. I've got that on my computer, but I've got my... my um, my local, my local town, Alberton, is oh. playing at home finally. It's one of the first times this season that I've had the right Saturday off to be able to go and watch them. So <laughs> yeah, no. I'm very excited. We know how busy you get, Molly, and like I say, we appreciate your time here at the World Football Program. You're one of my favourites. I know that for a fact. Molly, big news during the week. Ellen White hanging up the boots. Mm. It's only internationally, though, isn't it? Um. I'm not sure if it is. Yeah, I couldn't see whether it was was both uh, domestic. Yeah, I did see something else come out today, going that um, because of acupuncture, um, she suffered a puncture to her lung. Wow! I didn't get to read it. I just saw I just saw a headline. So it looks, sounds like there's some injury anyway, whether it's quite as the headline said or, or not. Sounds like there was some other stuff that. Lent, lent to that decision, but between Ellen White and Jill Scott leaving, uh, England suddenly have at least 300-odd caps, I would imagine, left in their squad now. It's, it's a lot to, lot to lose in one hit. Yeah, and I thought it was... Um, I mean, you, you can never predict when you're going to hang up the boots, but with less than eight months... Eight months? No. Yeah. Nine uh, months for the, uh, to, the, the World Cup... 
I thought, wow, that's... You'd, want, you, you'd think you, you'd be yeah. hanging on, wouldn't you? you you've yeah. got your, your, your winner's medal from the Euros and you think, I'm, I'd like one more on that one. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, you, you would think that. Um, I think I think I'd get Jill Scott's decision. Um, I think that's a lot more, not predictable per se, but she wasn't necessarily in the starting 11 like Ellen White and I think that's probably why uh, there's a lot of surprise. And I mean, Ellen White was looking very fit, even though, you know, she was getting subbed off on the hour mark, but she was looking very fit and very good. Um, so, yeah, I think that I think that is a bit a bit of a surprise that she hasn't hasn't hung in for a bit longer. But at the same time, it could be a case of with COVID and stuff, maybe it was always the plan after Euros, but with that extra year, it just got out of sync. I'm not quite sure. Um, but at the same time, going out on a high, you can't really... Ask for a better way to go out in some respects at the same time. Well, that's right, you know. You know, how good were you? Well, you're only as good as your last game. Oh, have a look what I won in my last game. <laughs> you know, I was the best in Europe. And so we would think Russo is the ready-made replacement to take over from Ellen's position? Um, I don't know. I think Russo is still going to be an impact player. I think she works really well in that capacity. I think even someone like Beth, Beth White might step up. Um, there's a couple others there that I know around. I'm just trying to think of the names. But Beth White's definitely the first one that I'm thinking will benefit from it. I think Russo, obviously, I, I love her. I oh, think yeah. She's a great player. And I think she should start it at some point. Um, yeah, Weedman seems to like her as well. I mean, that uh, that tactic during the, the Euros where Ellen would be an impact player for, mm. for a half. And what an impact player. You think, oh, my goodness, this is one of the yeah. best strikers in the world. And you drag her at halftime and put on one of the best young strikers in the world. You think, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you defend that? And obviously the rest of Europe were saying the same thing. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you, you add that in with uh, putting Ella Toon on with, with Rousseau. And obviously they've got a ready-made relationship at a club level. And I think between the pair of them, they have, they you know, created either their their goals or each other's goals. And, um, yeah, it was definitely a big reason why England won, wasn't it? Well, I thought so. Yeah, I mean, they were rock-solid in defence. I think they only conceded two goals all, all tournament, one of which was in the in the first game. I think the other yeah. one was against Spain. Was in the final. Was one the... was against Spain and one yeah. was against Germany, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they, 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 they had a bit of a, a, a squeaky bum game against the Germans, didn't they? Oh, it had to be. <laughs> it had to be. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, we uh, the junior Matildas unfortunately uh, didn't get out of the, uh, the the group in their very very tough uh, Group A, which included Costa Rica, mm-hmm. Brazil, Spain. How did you see that campaign go? Um, I think there's lots of positives yeah. to draw out of it. I mean, obviously, we know Spain now made it to the final. I'm still halfway through the Brazil-Japan game, but I'm going to guess <laughs> Japan won that. You uh, would think so. Japan yeah, I hadn't seen it. Mm. Um, so either way, we're, we're up against two teams that made the last four and arguably Japan's the best youth system in the world. So that's no surprise. Like if Brazil had come up against someone else, you know, both teams could have arguably been in the final. So I think that was really a tough draw despite having the host. So you go, oh, that's an easier game. Which it wasn't. Um, <laughs> which it wasn't, no. <laughs> um, but I think we showed that we do have what it takes to mix with them. I think um, defensively, whilst conceding goals in every game, I think um, 
we we showed a lot of composure and a lot of patience, um, and that we could could definitely mix it. We're just lacking lacking that final final ball, that final product, and maybe maybe it's just the case of we don't have an out and out striker yeah. in that generation. But then you look at someone like Mary Fowler, who is close to, if not part of that generation, you go, yeah, that'll be okay for the seniors still. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, I was thinking that, particularly during that Spain game, just before the Spanish put mm-hmm. two passes in quick succession, we had, I can't remember the uh, the lady's name, we had that shot just, you know, it was fine work, down to the uh, down to the byline, cross to the penalty spot, and then bang, you know, about mm. ten, 10 feet over the crossbar. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, have we gone in there, 1-0 up, put the pressure on Spain? And I actually thought then, is Mary Fowler still young enough to qualify? Because I've, I was looking at that thing oh, and Fowler would have buried that. Mary Fowler, born in 2003. So that makes her 19. So, yeah, under 20s. Mm. She would have been. But obviously not falling in a in a window. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, of course, not falling in the window. Because I remember when the boy Rooney was still the boy Rooney and when England went to, I think it was Nigeria when they were holding the um, the under-20s World Cup and they wanted him to play and I think he'd already, it's always the issue with he'd, youth he'd already transferred yeah. to United. United yeah. went, it's outside of the, tra- the uh, European yeah. um, FIFA window. He's not going even though he wanted to go there. And you think, oh, my goodness, you get a world-class striker, you're winning. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you're winning more games than you're losing. Uh, because well, you look at Spain where you've got their, their centre-forward... Uh, Gabara. Gabara. Oh, she tore us a new one, didn't her she? Goals, her goals um, in the semi-final, yep. uh, one of them were just unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Like, two-touch rocket. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, those centre-forwards are the difference, especially at this age group where you can be really disciplined um, and, and work really well, but because you're young, you are going to have those couple of lapses that might concede a goal. So if you can't score up the other end, makes it a lot, a lot more difficult. Wally, can I ask you, is Gabarro the starting striker for Barcelona? No, um, I think she's somewhere else, like Atletico or something. Is she I, I thought she was at Barcelona, okay. I didn't think she was at Barcelona. I thought she was at one of the other Spanish clubs. Yeah, there's only a couple. Was it Real Madrid and? Oh, it's <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're Barcelona, right. Real Madrid. It's one of those. <laughs> yeah. And we saw overnight that. Uh, oh, I've got that written down. The um, uh, Puccinas from uh, Barcelona wins the uh, UEFA Women's um, Ballon d'Or for one of. It's not the Ballon d'Or. The Women's. Um, best player for last season. Do you think yeah. that's a, a bit of a, a portent for the Ballon d'Or? Because, you know, I, I, I'm not 100% sure how that works. I thought if you were playing in that confederation, you were eligible to win that best player award because I would have thought, as we do here at uh, the World Football Programme, that a certain Australian striker might have yeah. won that one. Yeah, um, I, I I agree with that. Um, I'm not quite sure how how that one works. Actually, I was thinking exactly the same thing yeah. earlier this week. Um, I think I think perhaps it could. Um, I know there was a lot of talk with whether um, Beth Mead should have got it, and while she also did have a good season with Arsenal, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's hard to hard to go against someone from Barcelona <laughs> with just how dominant they've been generally. Um, 
and Patanis is a, f- a fantastic player. Like, there's no there's no argument about that. Um, so I don't don't quite know. Um, I think it's difficult, obviously, with Kerr, especially in another um, summer where like, European summer where it's been lots of international football, and whilst Patanis hasn't been playing, Spain has. So you sort of still have her there in the back of your head, even though she's. She's been injured at sort of front and centre whilst the Asian Cup obviously was in February. Um, whilst Kerr did very, very well, we didn't. No, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't, no. <laughs> go, go too far in that. And even if we did, there's this, um, you know, European-centric type thing going on that, that we all, all are aware of. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it's a tough one. I think obviously Kerr's had a fantastic season. But again, it's a case of, Chelsea also got knocked out of Champions League probably too early because of, you know, compounding issues with COVID and, and player availability and, and different things and, and a tough draw. Um, so there's probably a few different layers of factors there that might go against Kerr, but then you go, if you're just doing it on league um, value, like she was the best player in England um, playing in the WSL, so... She's at least got hopefully a good good chance, um, but yeah, not quite sure where she'll she'll finish in that race. Top of the tree, come on, oh. come on, Molly, <laughs> <Have some laughs> what's going on there? But Top of the tree. It's frustrating though, isn't it? Because before it was always about how she, when she was playing in the early, and she was prom- like, she was nominated yeah. when she was here as yep. well. When it was That's always, right. no, she needs to be playing for a European club. And now, ironically, it's going to be her performances in the well, the Matildas' performance. That may drag her backwards, and it's That's crazy. Uh, this is crazy. I think with the season that she had last year, as well at Chelsea, she's yeah. It's it's just like you say, Phil. She was nominated when she was playing in the in Australia. She was nominated when she was playing in the US, and all the time they go, no, no, you need to be playing in Europe. You yeah. need to be playing. Yeah. Now she's in Europe, and, and it's like, how many times do you need to be nominated before somebody goes? But not only that, she's nominated, and she's probably better than ever. Oh, yeah. Well. Like she's without, in career yeah. best form. There's yeah. no two ways about it. Yeah. You know, again, every league she's gone to has been the next level up and the next level up, and she has impressed to the point where, as as we saw with the WSL, she was player of the season. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, so you, you, you're playing in one of the best leagues in the world. You're mm. player of the season in one of the best leagues in the world, and you can finish fifth in the best player in the mm-hmm. world. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, definitely a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> um, conspiracy, Molly, conspiracy. <laughs> no, I think some of that just goes to show the growth of women's football. Um, you know, if, if Kerr had done this, um, say she was a couple of years old if she'd done this, you know, three, four, five seasons ago, it would be hands down going, oh, yeah, here you go, this, this is who it is. You know, it's not going to be Martha nine times if I actually got another player that's that's come up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's good that we're able to even have these discussions and not just have someone like, like even uh, when Me- Megan Rapino got it just a couple of years ago where you go, oh, actually at club, she barely played. Yep. She had one good tournament and yep. a lot of that mm. was probably from the bench. Yep. <laughs> so yep. at least we're having these conversations where like Sam Kerr, she's been playing, but there might be a player that, has been playing and doing just as much that might just have the edge slightly. Uh, we're, um, we're not talking about some Spanish lady, are we? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Turn <laughs> it up. As long as they're not German. It's okay. As long as they're not German. 
<laughs> oh, oh, good stuff. <laughs> as long as they're not German. I'm not going near that. No. Oh. No. All right, look, look, you've got another one. Overdorf, you could probably argue the same thing if, if you were to pick up. A, a lot of the national teams have players like her where, you know, Overdorf, again, for Germany, could have easily got player for tournament if Germany had won. Um, and, again, another player like her who has had a fantastic season at club level. Um, and there's just, yeah, lots of players who've done it. And whilst Kerr's been the best of them, um, it's good that we're having these conversations and that there's a, there is a fight for it and it's not just a gimme. Mm. Makes but, it sweeter when she does finally win one. You make a good point there, though, right? I think we we view Sam Kerr as something... She's, she's a, Australia's greatest football export, mm. right? Yeah. Yep. Hands down. Hands down. Okay. No matter. And, and potentially one of our greatest sporting exports as mm-hmm. well. That's a good call, Phil. Right. No, but you put, yeah. and, and, and I think because we put her in that frame, our expectation is that she gets those accolades. We're not doing tall poppy mm-hmm. syndrome, are we? <laughs> like, well, this is. I think we do. And, I, and I, like, it's, it's probably how we, we do view. Sam very differently to I think how the rest of the world does. But to, to be fair, getting on uh, Molly's football rants, and you can always find that at Facebook. Sam Kerr is on the front of FIFA 23, the the new edition of FIFA, mm. the ultimate edition. Who's that? Oh, that's uh, Kylian Mbappe. And who's that lovely lady sitting next to her? Well, that's, oh, that's the, Sam well, Kerr. Well, that's the best women's footballer. Yeah. Right, that we know, right? That's right. Exactly, yeah. FIFA don't mess about with, I oh, will get uh, Joe Lolly. Well, it's not FIFA anymore, either. Uh, oh, you're going to get with the times, Hugh. Well, this one's the last one. For it's the, the last yeah. one, so oh, right, fair so enough. So go, fair out, enough, fair go enough, out doing the right thing. Mbappe <laughs> and Sam Kerr on the front. Of course you would. Better than having that boy Rooney on the front. So, I mean, I mean that's an endorsement right there, isn't it? Uh, Molly, you'd think? Yeah, yeah, huge. And I mean, um, for both... Sam, Sam and um, as well as women's football, just that it's, there is commercial viability to it and that yeah. um, there's name recognition and, you know, you put players on the front of those things that people recognise. Um, you know, that's why for a lot, a lot of years players like Ronaldo, Messi, Ronaldinho, Rooney were all on the front because people recognise who they are. Um, and the fact that, you know, people recognising who Sam Kerr is, that's huge. Like, that would that was unheard of 10 years ago. Like, it's right. purely unheard of. So it's huge. It's such a big step um, in the game um, and, and in sport generally. Even I would say with just how popular how popular FIFA is. Yeah. Now you're right there, Molly. Uh, anything else you want to impart with us before we let you go, Molly? Um, just watching the stream in Devonport's just got a goal against South. Your beauty. Always a positive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So what have we got there? We've got uh, Devonport winning 5-0. Uh, I'll take two or three. You've got one in the bank already, so, you know, come on. Uh, <laughs> pile it on, mate. Uh, no, Devonport's goalkeeper's been phenomenal, so in the first half she pulled out some great saves to keep it nil-nil at half-time. So, um, yeah, Devonport just needed a couple extra games for the season. This is the the third last game, yep, and they're just they're just going to run out of games to be able to really get the title. Uh, <laughs> probably, it's, I think it's heading north again, but I think it's heading to Longfeston. Oh, is um, that right? Wow. Thought, yeah. Oh, okay. First time in three or four oh, years. I was say, it's been a while since it's gone north. up that that far. We'll get a nosebleed, yeah. wouldn't it? 
Sorry? It'll get a nosebleed going that far north. Oh, it will. It won't know what to do, especially in Lonnie. It's not been in Lonnie for a very, very long time. <laughs> so going to get a bit lost for a little while, but I think that's okay. Well, at least it's only a short drive to go and have a look at it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Absolutely. <laughs> Is that what it looks like? Oh, we need to get oh, one of those. I remember that. I remember <laughs> we had one up here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, Molly. You stay safe down there. We love talking to you, and we uh, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day. We've got a full show here at the Radio, uh, Radio Fremantle's World Football Program, and we will talk to you again very, very soon. Oh, did I turn it? I didn't turn it off, did I? Okay, thanks, Molly. Bye. <laughs> thanks. Oh, you are still there. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd done something wrong. You've done that to nope. me on purpose, she's didn't dumped, you? She dumped you now, Hugh. Oh, that's it. You had now. one chance of that. Oh, give me. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's Pete's favourite line. He says, they're doing it to you on purpose, Hugh. Yeah. You, <laughs> you don't need to make me panic. I'm panicking anyway. We've got plenty more to come. You're on the World Football Programme with Hugh and Phil. Coming up after the break, we will have Aaron Trevathan, who will talk to us all things EPL and European football. Stick with us. Plenty more to come. No. Play. Or you... The top station on your radio. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Hey, hey, it's WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Oh, Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM.
Thank you, Pen. Penny uh, got in touch with us uh, to let me know that I am doing quite well. What did I tell you? You have to have fine. Quite well. But I tell you, mate, what, it's been a long time since anyone's heard that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was when uh, Manchester City believed they were a good side and uh, Spurs with those two World Cup heroes, Ricardo Villa and Ozzy Adilas. West Bromwich Albion legend. He got us out of uh, the third tier of English football and then buggered off to Tottenham and they sacked him six months later. So, yeah, Aussie's gone to Wembley. So that was uh, one of the marvellous things I've got in my record library. That was actually by, let's have a look, that is by, oh, it's a Chas and Dave. Of course it is. Chas and Dave. So was that not, what, 1982? I'm pretty sure it was 82. Yeah, that's, that's older than that West Brom shirt you've got on. This, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. This, this was the, uh, the West Brom shirt. This is the, the white strip from uh, 78. There you go. Yeah, yeah it yeah, looks yeah. nicer. I've only just got it. It's um, through the... Because it is off. very vintage, but very, very, very new. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the bad old days when uh, sponsorship was uh, on the side hoardings and that's it. <laughs> so, so for listeners at home, Hugh is in a resplendent 
vintage West Brom shirt from yep. 1978. Yep, that's which a lot. looks amazing. Yep, the, the, the green and yellow. The green and yellow stripes. That, that was one of the reasons yep. why I picked the Albion because they were playing in Australia's colours. There you go. Well, yeah. there you go. So, yeah, and people go, why'd you pick such a crap side? Well, they're not crap. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> On the line joining us now is Aaron Trevathan. Good morning, Aaron. How are you today? Good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Very well, thank you. Sorry, we, we were uh, having a bit of fun there and, and leaving you on the line. That's not good of us. <laughs> Aaron, the EPL, uh, Phil and I were talking at the beginning of the show. Isn't it funny how uh, three weeks ago, Ten Hag needs to be sacked. Three weeks later, Kloppy needs to be sacked. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It just shows that it's a results business and suddenly you get one result and the pressure's a little bit eased off you. I just cannot believe it. I mean, it, uh, my my thought was that it is a, uh, a as is most things. It, we're part of the media, you know. Don't hate the media, become part of the media, which is what I often say, uh, you know. But to have the media just trying to push an agenda, you know, Ten Hag needs to be put. He, he's rubbish. He's the worst signing United have ever had. It's like mm, not really, is it? Do um, United fans will remember Tommy Doherty? <laughs> He wasn't the worst they had either. But, um, yeah, I, ca- I cannot understand that. I was listening to a podcast on the way in and they were saying that maybe our mate Jürgen is in his seven-year itch because when he was at um, Dortmund, seven years in, it all went pear-shaped. Is that the same case uh, at Liverpool, you think? Well, the same, aren't they? He, before he was at Dortmund also, he was at Mainz. Um, That's right. And they, he got them relegated and failed to promote again in that seventh year and left. For Dortmund, and then as you said, Dortmund seven year lost the um, DFB Pokal final, finished seventh in the league, left for Liverpool, and now yeah, seventh year at uh, Liverpool. Who knows? So you've heard it here first. Aaron Trevathan has got Liverpool finishing twentieth in the Premier League. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, 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 Get yourself down to the bookie for that one. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, <laughs> sorry, I had to do that. What, what can you tell us? Uh, so Southampton with a good result against Leicester last week. They've got United tonight. Any interest in well, that one? Yeah, I, a lot of interest actually. I really like Southampton. I like their manager a lot, Ralph Hasselhoff. I think he's a top top manager, um, and I think just Southampton is so hot and cold. Though aren't they? they fail to really get any momentum and consistency. I think they had a run last season maybe it was the season before, where they had a decent little bit of consistency, but then, then it went pear-shaped, and then all of a sudden they faced relegation. So I think last season they were lucky that they started well, because had they have started any any worse, they probably would have gone down, because their end-of-season run was terrible. Um, they're just two wins in 15 for their yeah. past I was say 15 games, which is just shocking. But I mean, a good result last week, coming into a game against a, a United team, I suppose, on a high. Um, I expect goals. I expect lots of goals, actually. Um, I want to say Southampton can put up a fight, but I think that that back line of United, if they've got it on, like they did against Liverpool, um, with Martinez and Varane at the back, I think could could do them 2 or 3-1 maybe. So, yeah, I'm going to go with United, but I do, I do like Southampton. I like what they're about. So it'd be good to see them get some sort of result here. Yeah. Now, on transfer news, Newcastle United are finally splashing the cash. They've just... Uh, reported a £63 million signing for Alexander Isaac, uh, the uh, the number nine for Sweden. How do you see that improving things, particularly with Callum Wilson? Uh, again, this podcast had Callum Wilson as, and I quote, and I'm doing the air quotes, injury-prone Callum Wilson. <laughs> they're, they're, 
you know, the, the, the likelihood that Eddie Howe's looking to build a, a, a 4-4-2 formation at Newcastle with Isaacson and, um, and Wilson as the front two. Do you see that coming to fruition? Um, yeah, I do see them both playing because Callum Wilson, he's come out recently and said he wants to be in that World Cup squad for England. He believes he should be, so I can't see why he would be going and bench now. He is obviously injury prone, so they have probably brought in Isaac for that reason. But I'm a bit worried with Isaac. I don't know if he'll fit the prem. I don't think Newcastle can afford to get it wrong again with another big-name signing. Um, obviously, they signed Joel Linton, who didn't work out at striker, however, no. has transformed into a world-class midfielder. So I suppose they've got it right. But... Um, yeah, I think that Newcastle, like, he's going to have to score goals um, for the money they pay for him. I mean, it's nothing to them these days, but, yeah, I think he's going to have to do well. But I don't know how well he would do. Yeah, and the the two Naomi love a number nine, but it's interesting to see that he's taken the 14 shirt. So, you know, normally when uh, strikers go, oh, the number nine's taken, all right, well, I'll take, you know, uh, eight plus one or, you know, as we saw with <laughs> Del Piero, uh, a couple of times. Oh, no, who was I thinking of? The um, Christian Vieri used to take one plus eight yep. every time. Right. He used to have yeah. a little plus sign in the in the back of his shirt because, oh, I don't want the number nine shirt. No, of course you don't want the number nine shirt. You're going to take one plus eight. As did um, Jürgen Klinsmann. He was uh, another one that used to take that uh, one plus another number to get the number I want. So, uh, you know... Newcastle have done quite well. They've in the transfer market, like I say, they are beginning to, to splash the cash, which uh, I think is a sensible transfer policy. They've got uh, Nick Pope there as well. Do you see him fitting in the into that Newcastle system or, or not? Yeah, I think obviously keepers probably find it a little easy to settle in, just given you know the, the position is only filled by one person. But yeah, I mean he's a he's been a great server for Burnley in his time there, and basically you know a Premier League. He, he knows the he knows the league inside and out. He's been there for a number of years. Um, so yeah, it's a signing that I like because it's good to see teams, I suppose, stay in house. I mean, they raided Burnley. Burnley has been raided completely all over the park. But yeah, it's it's good to see you know a player like that who is definitely deserved of a Premier League spot stay in the Premier League because a lot of these clubs obviously go and splash a lot of money on on foreign keepers. I mean, Chelsea included. I'm a Chelsea fan, but you know, we the money we paid for. Kepa doesn't always work out. So, like, a player like Nick Pope, I mean, as I said, he knows the league inside out. He's a good shot stopper. Yeah, of course, it's a great pick-up for Newcastle. OK, yeah, and with, um, let's talk about your beloved Chelsea. They're, um, they're travelling along quite well. Chelsea are the biggest spenders in the transfer market this year. Yeah, and yeah, and, and, yeah. yeah, and Aaron would know that uh, Man City are the ones who made the most money out of the transfer <laughs> Absolutely. system. Absolutely. I yeah. can't believe that. <laughs> well, you mentioned earlier about the players who, why wouldn't you want the number nine jersey? But there's a, I mean, that's the number you definitely wouldn't be taking at Chelsea because you have a curse, a <laughs> curse number at Chelsea. Um, but yeah, no, we we'll spend a lot of money. The players like I like Raheem Sterling. I think he's a great signing. I think he fits Chelsea quite well. Yep. Um, and still got plenty to prove. He's what 29. I think that these days, I think the older you're getting, it seems like the better you're getting. I think the prime, your prime, is kind of extended past 30 these days. So great signing there. I like both Kukurea and Kulabali. I think they're great signings as mm-hmm. well. Um, Fafana apparently is coming in. Yeah, no, I heard a, that overnight. You know, that so, um, yeah, Leicester. And then also, good old Brendan Rodgers doing his usual. I'm going to screw you to the wall and give me the most money I can get. I, I found that very odd. He uh, banished him to the uh, under 23s. I think. Well, if you've banished a player to the under 23s, why are you trying to make another side 
you know, go top dollar. You, he's obviously surplus to requirements, which I found surprising because, I mean, Fafan's a, a great player. Yeah, um, so yeah, great sign in there. I think Aubameyang, that's the one that I'm kind of a bit iffy about because we know how he performed towards the end of his Arsenal career. Didn't really want to be there, didn't no. really want anything. Goes to Barca, I think it's a different league. Score goals, which I think a lot of strikers do um, compared to Premier League. Uh, but then, yeah, coming back to the Premier League, I don't know how I feel about it. The money we're paying for him for it. I did say, you know, players get better with age, but he's one of those players I think that might have fallen off a little bit. Um, and then, of course, we've got players like Armando Brogia, who I'd love to see given the chance and really given a proper run. Because, I mean, Tammy Abraham, he didn't turn up in the big, big games, but he was a great he was a great player for us, and he came through the academy. So why not avoid repeating that mistake of letting him go um, and give Brogia the actual time he deserves? So yeah. I don't know about Aubameyang. <laughs> Is Tammy still playing for Roma? He was playing yeah, and so, killing it. And, uh, and killing I, I, it, yeah. Like, I, I watched a couple of games... L- Last year, and I'm going. There's not two Tammy Abrahams. Is there? I thought he was Chelsea. <laughs> no, they absolutely love him in Rome, I believe. So, yeah, good, good for him, of course, to be doing well there. It'd be, we yep. are obviously regretting that last thing. Yep, it'd be remiss of me not to mention West Ham United, being that Sean's not here. Go on, see the slipper, see <laughs> the slipper. Bottom of the table, strongest team in the league. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's worrying actually. Oh yeah, they they were on such a great upward climb like the Leicesters and things were doing, and they were finally like, you know, all right, we've avoided a relegation a couple of years in a row now. Let's get some good players in, which yep. they did. And then all of a sudden, they're fighting for Europe. I mean, they were they were Champions League ready for, you know, a little bit of last year. And Absolutely. Then obviously, during yeah. their conference league, they obviously made a Europa League semi-final. Yeah. Like, to get them back to a good state and then for this season to happen, I mean, it's obviously still very early. We can see what changed. I mean, Arsenal started 0-3 and three last season. You still see how they mm-hmm. did. So there's plenty of time, but it's one of those ones where it's like you have to get it right in the next few weeks. Otherwise, Moyes' job will be on the line. Um, really? But no, well, the Moyes effect, isn't it? This is, Moyes just seems to well, I'd love have him. that impact. But, yeah. he's, but he is, I, I, I rate him. Before he, yeah. uh, he got the job at West Ham, uh, you know, West Brom are always looking for a manager. Yeah, we're, we're only a game away from sacking the current one. Um, <laughs> and and I, I wanted Moyes to, when he was available, I thought, yeah. there's the guy. We were still Premier League at that Absolutely. stage. Absolutely. I thought he was, yeah. I thought he was harshly done by it uh, at United, but it was always a um, a poison chalice when you're anointed by Sir Alex to go. This is the boy he's going to take over. There's no way, and we've seen well, United struggle to find a replacement for the last. Yeah, well, that, that's it. You see that the success he's had at West Ham and the, yep. the fans love him. You know, he's kind of built his career back up past that point of where he was obviously hard done by. But um, yeah, now he's kind of gone back into that average spot right now when it's, it's kind of a worry because he is a great manager but they've made a few decent signings I've just seen them only agreed terms with Lucas um, Paqueta from Lyon who Arsenal were chasing Spurs were chasing yeah. so big signing there and then obviously they've signed Skamaka I think is a good signing up top as well he should bang in a few goals to help Antonio of course um, but no so they've, they've signed quite, quite well um, and I think the stature of their club and the fact that they do have European football has helped get a few of those signings over the line. So I trust them to come good, but it needs to happen pretty yeah. soon. But, yeah, this is what I say to, to those that are, are panicking. There's still 35 games to go. There's exactly. still 100 points or more on offer. Don't panic. It's way <laughs> too early for that. Way too early. Yeah. That being said, Everton down at the business end again. 
Surely this is the year. I've only been predicting them to get relegated for the last two seasons. This has got to be the year. Surely. <laughs> well, I, I hate to say it because, well, obviously, as I said, I'm a Chelsea fan, so Lampard through and through. I want to see him succeed, but unfortunately, it looks like last season's carrying into this season. Yep. Um, which is it's interesting. I mean, uh, there's all those reports about apparently Chelsea's ch- chasing Anthony Gordon, and the money we're apparently going to spend on him is ridiculous. Um, personally, I don't think we need him. So, but well, if I'm, if did, did I hear client, correctly? There was they were looking for like seventy five million for him. Yeah, I think I heard about 60, 65 or something. If I'm Everton, if I'm Everton, why am I not taking that? The guy yeah. scored four goals last. Scored four goals, sorry, in his Premier League career. So, <laughs> why Premier am I goal scorer. That and, build, and then exactly, you can build, you can buy, you know, two or three bigger players, I suppose, and more. Yeah, more ready players. I think he's still young. He's obviously got a lot of potential, but I don't know. If I'm Everton, I'm taking the cash every day of the week. But yeah, I don't know what I don't know what they're doing there. Well, yeah, but they Ever- are, Everton's activity yeah, in the transfer market has been really, like, lukewarm. Scattergun. Scattergun. Like, it's just, there's nothing in it. I, yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, you saw the way they stayed up last year. It was great to see the way they stayed up and seeing the around, surrounding that. But you really thought that that momentum would then carry into this season. But no, it seems like it's, it's a bit stale still. Mm. With that in mind, we've got uh, Everton playing Brentford away. Well, Brentford at home, Everton away. I, I can see that... Um, Getting messy for Everton, that'll put them further in the doo-doo, you'd think, if they lose this one. Yeah, I can see that going pretty pear-shaped for, for Everton. Brentford are a pretty, pretty good team. I actually had them, before the season started, to not do as well. I thought they were going to suffer a bit of the second-season syndrome like Sheffield did a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But, no, they've, um, they've recruited well. They've signed well. Again, they've just got a team that likes to play just attractive football. Yep. Um, and, yeah, great to see. And... Hopefully, one of those teams that will stay in the Premier League for for a while. Yeah, regular um, listeners to the show know my thoughts on Brentford. So the less said about that one, the better. On the uh, the red side, we touched on them earlier. The red side of uh, Merseyside, they've got Bournemouth. Could this be the one where Cloppy gets things in action? I mean, they're what seven points short of top of the table already. Well, I mean, they have to, don't they? Yeah. This is the game that they they have to turn around. They've got a fair few injuries. Uh, Klopp just come out and said he needs to sign a midfielder, but <laughs> I mean, why didn't you? Why didn't you yeah. do that? Yeah. A month ago, yeah. Um, so, and they, Liverpool do seem to work in, in, in secrecy a lot of the time. They just get deals done. So I'm surprised they haven't. Um, but yeah, they they have to get it right. But again, Bournemouth have actually been okay as well. I don't think they've been too bad. They've obviously got a couple more points on the board than you probably expect now. So, but yeah, I do. I sorry, I do think Liverpool will probably ramp over them to at least at least three nil in my in my opinion. Just on on Liverpool with Klopp, right? And I just. I, that's a massive game, Liverpool Man U, right? One of the biggest games yep. you can get. Oh, let's be honest. Oh yeah. And I think all that talk for days prior about we should get the points if we can't get access to the stadium, and I just wonder how much of a negative impact that's had on the players' mentality as well. That's a good question. Yeah. I just, something I've been thinking about <laughs> since watching, well, since that game. I mean, and I don't, I don't, it's, it's come up a few times with Klopp now where he will make these very unusual pl- player-centric style kind of comments that I wonder if a manager should be making publicly. Well, we yeah, I mean, you've, you've seen over the years at Liverpool, he's had a lot of excuses after games. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, yeah. He's not, I wouldn't say he's the most humble in defeat, let's just say that. No. But, um... No, like I don't know. Maybe maybe it's trying to take the pressure off the players more so. Yeah, that's what um, I'm wondering. I don't know, yeah, but 
But, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think that shouldn't. It shouldn't have an effect on the players. If you're a player, you're not really caring about. I, I don't think you're really caring about what fans are doing outside of a stadium. I think you're just you're just focused. If you know the games, if the game's going ahead, great. If it's not, then you don't worry about it. You know, I don't. Yeah. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I just, I'm just curious why I make the statements at all at this <sighs> level of the oh, game. Do you know what I mean? That's copy. Yeah. Yeah. I've won the Champions League. It's all down to me. I'm the greatest manager in the world. Yeah. You just, you just got beat by Man United. Oh, it's because I've got injuries. I don't need. I don't have a midfielder. The, you know, the grass is too... As you said, when... The when, grass is too dry. The, yeah, that's when, right. No, yeah, yeah. When, yeah. when they were looking for the, um, the Premiership... Uh, a couple of seasons ago at West Brom, and mm. we did. How dare we not water the lawn? Yeah. Uh, hang on a minute, mate. You're off your head. What, what about West Brom getting the two goals against you? Do you want to blame your keeper? No, no, no. The pitch well, is too dry. He said the same thing against Fulham this season. Yeah. And the Fulham guys on Twitter got back at him saying, look at our perfect pitch, which, was, which I thought was quite funny. And, and uh, that was uh, one of the live games, one of the first I saw, Ben. It was the first game of the season. Fulham had the sprinklers on. Yeah. It's not like... He, yeah. I, no, yeah, just unusual statements from management. Anyway. anyway, we'll move on. Sorry. For, Forest versus Spurs. Yeah, that we've, we had that. Aussie's gone all, uh, all trembly, and he's gone to Wembley. Um, you can see Forrest uh, doing a number on... Uh, on Contact Spurs tonight? Uh, tomorrow night, sorry. I mean, I'd love to see it. As it says, I think um, I think they've actually started the ride as well, Forrest, better than expected. Um, but Spurs, are, they do look quite good. Uh, I think Ivan Perisic, I didn't rate at the time as a signing, but I think he's actually showed that he's quite, you know, quite a good addition to that Spurs team. And then Harry Kane up top. The only one I think started a bit slow is um, Hillman Son. I don't think he started as well as he probably could have, um, especially after last season. But no, I think um, Forrest might find it a bit too much from this week. Yep. And do you think, particularly that you've touched on Song, that a lot of the uh, international quality players uh, are easing into their World Cup cycle? Because with the World Cup being, as we always knew way back in 2010, when a certain uh, Middle Eastern country got the World Cup, that it was always going to be in November, December. Always knew. Mm. Regardless of what they were saying, yeah. we, we knew. I mean, that's when the Asian Cup was played in that particular country. We knew when it was going to be. It's an interesting point here. Do you, mm. do you think that a lot of these stars, Harry Kane in particular, well, not in particular, but Harry Kane, Song, um, um, those sorts of players are looking to not peak too early in the season and are looking to to um, to be at their cherry ripe for the World Cup? Well, I wouldn't say it's never... I wouldn't say it's too early to peak at all because, I mean, you always want to start a season strong and, like yeah. you said, the World Cup's, the World Cup's six months early. So, um, yeah, I think that starting strong this season is important for them. And you can see players like Callum Wilson who are trying to make their way into those England camps and whatnot. I think you need to start well. You need to be banging the goals in now because hopefully that form does carry into, you know, no, what is it, November, December. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's not too far away at all. So I think a slow start. I mean, a player like Human Son obviously is going to play for South Korea no matter what. Oh, yeah. But, um, no, you want to obviously take in great form going into it. So I think perfect time now. To yeah, I just thought it might have been the, uh, the Mark Viduka harry Kuehl syndrome where I'm, I'm doing really well for my country. Um when my country calls, but normally I'm doing really well for my club. And I was thinking maybe in this particular World Cup cycle, it could be the other way around, that I'm not doing quite as well for I my mean, club because the, I need to do better yeah. for my country. The other worry, I suppose, could be, I mean, the main worry could be the fact that you do, you, 
maybe you don't want to go as too too hard too quick because you're worried about getting injured. Yeah. Because not, you wouldn't have enough time to recover for, a, say, a summer World Cup. Exactly. Um, and you've seen a few players who get ruled out, like players like Jenny Wijnaldum, sorry, for, for Roma just signed, and then all of a sudden he's done his, <laughs> I, I think, patella or Achilles tendon or something, and he's out for the World Cup, and it's like maybe if the World Cup was in summer, he would have still made it. Yeah. But, um, mm. Yeah, so maybe some players are a bit more cautious. Um, but again, that's the same as if it was after Christmas and they're leading into a summer World Cup, they'd be a bit more cautious, I think, then. But given that it's the start of the season, it, you still want to go out, come out of the box firing. Fair enough. On to European football now, Aaron. Uh, the uh, Champions League and uh, the Europa League and the Conference <laughs> League uh, groups all yeah. came out over... Over the week, we won't go too far into um, that third-tier European league because, that's again, that's just a money-making exercise that no-one wants to be in. So we'll go... We'll go well, who said that? Come on, mate. That's from? Right. Yeah. Who said that? We'll go into the Champions League. A uh, couple of interesting groups. Group A, for example, Ajax, Liverpool, Napoli, Rangers. There's two sides there that are going to go home in tears. Any thoughts, processes yeah. as to who they might be? Yeah, I think... Um well, I think Liverpool and Napoli will qualify. I think Ajax, I mean, they're, they're going back and forth with Anthony right now, trying to keep a hold of him. He doesn't want to be there as a player. They've obviously just lost with Sandro Martinez. I mean, they're still a good team. They'll probably still do well in the Eredivisie. But, um, no, I think Napoli and Liverpool will be way too strong for that group. But, no, there's a, quite a few quite a few good groups and quite a few players returning to former clubs to, to play. Obviously, Haaland back to Dortmund, Lewandowski back to Bayern. So, some juicy matchups. So you've got an Australian interest in Group F as well. Yeah, yeah. Good, good pick-up. Yeah, so Group F, we've got Real Madrid, Red Bull Austria, as I like to call them. Yeah. Uh, um, no, Red Bull Germany, isn't it? Leipzig? Red yeah. Bull Germany? Le- Leipzig. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk and Celtic. The Ukrainian slash Russian. Yeah, no, I always think of Joe Strummer with the Shakhtar Donetsk yeah. every time I hear that. He's got a good good track, him and the Mescalaros. Well, I, b- I, believe, I believe Shakhtar's pr- produced a few upsets in the past. In the they have indeed. So they, mm. they, they might get a result at one of these teams, but no, they should they should be the whipping boys of that group. Ooh. Um I would have thought Celtic <laughs> personally because, the, again, oh, with, no, with yeah. UEFA co- coefficients, Scotland are, are well down there because... Yeah. But again, that's, right, that, but that's I mean, based on European... Club performance, but yeah, Celtic. Oh, we've got it. We've got it. We've got to get around Ange, I think. So I'm hoping to see Ange. Yeah, no, good call. Yeah, you're right there. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. You, it could be a, a well and true two horse group. I think Leipzig still have enough quality to see that second spot there. Yep. With um, yeah, it's an interesting point you raised there, Phil. With uh, the current issues in Ukraine. Have you heard anything there, Aaron, about whether... They surely can't play at they're, home. They're playing at home? Mm. I, I can't really speak on that. I'm not too sure myself. No. But, um, but that is an interesting one to see because if those teams do have to play... At home and away, yeah. For example, then... Yeah. yeah. No, they definitely won't well, be playing at home. Okay. That's interesting. Well, again... So, again, with the EPL uh, focus, we've got um, Group D... Tottenham are in the uh, the group with Eintracht Frankfurt, Sporting Lisbon, and Marseille. That's a that's a tasty group. Very. Uh, Marseille have signed, a, you know, quite a few good players. Um, obviously, Alex Sanchez just went there. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm liking I'm liking the look of Marseille. Um, Eric Bailly as well from from Manchester United just mm-hmm. went there alone. And then, like you said, there Eintracht Frankfurt. I like them as a team, but again, I think they've kind of been I wouldn't say picked apart, but they've lost some of their better players. Um, 
but no, Spurs, I mean, it's Europa League, they sh- sorry, not um, Champions League, they should um, they should do do all right in that group. They should kind of progress. But I don't know how far they'll go. I don't think they'll go far enough, but they should progress from that group. Yeah, and your uh, favourite Chelsea are in Group E with AC Milan, Red Bull, Austria. That's where the Red Bull and Austria Dynamo is. Zagreb. And Dynamo Zagreb. Yeah. Tough group. Oh, yeah. We we should we should go unbeaten in that group. Oh, there you go. Oh, who goes? There you go. I'm, yeah. go uh, I'm hit the record button on that one, mate. <laughs> Come on now, we'll play yeah, that mate. one back in about uh, two months' time. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, but no, I think AC, AC Milan should take a draw off us. I, I think maybe the San Siro. But I mean, Chelsea should should be getting through that that group, no problems. Okay, and Group G: Man City, Sevilla, Borussia Dortmund, and FC Copenhagen. That should be City. Yes, yeah, it's a it's a nice group to see. Um, I mean, you'll see Matty Ryan playing at the Etihad. You play, you know, Matty Ryan's finally in the Champions League again, so you'll see them. Um, but yeah, City again. Remind us again, now, Aaron. Where's Matty playing now? Is it is it Sevilla? No, FC Copenhagen. Oh, so, yeah, he, that's just a very recent transfer. So he wasn't getting game time at um, Sociedad, and he went there before the World Cup, which I like because I mean you always want to play football before the World Cup, and I mean he's probably going to start regardless. But of course you want to go in with good form. So oh, yeah. it's good to see him. You know, there's some critics around that move, but at the end of the day, he's starting week in week out, and they're playing Champions League football. What more can you ask for? Um, oh, but yeah, right. C- City should should comfortably do that group. I think they're, they're just a, a level above the likes of a Dortmund who have lost Haaland, um, a Sevilla who aren't quite there. So, yeah, that should be City's group. And, I mean, it's just interesting to see how far City can go this year because it's always just that one step that they kind of fail on. Yeah. So, we'll go to the uh, to the second tier of <coughs> European football. Uh, the... Uh, Europa League. I'm not even going to go to the Conference League. I just do not understand it <laughs> that one. Phil is of the same vintage as myself. I really did enjoy And I know that you need to change formats to keep things fresh. The Champions League, as it used to be, well, European Cup, as it used to be called, the Cup Winners' Cup, you know, you win your cup, you're into a European Cup competition. Yeah. I yep. really did enjoy that one because you'd have teams from everywhere at every different levels just playing knockout. And then, of course, we had the... Uh, uh, the UEFA Cup, but you know, UEFA and its uh, its wisdom of uh, getting as much money as it can from uh, a variety of different stages. The Europa League, ah, the Europa League has uh, Group A: Arsenal, PSV, Bodglint, and FC Zurich. That's I mean, that should be uh, Arsenal's. Uh, it, it well and truly should be. I don't know what how seriously Mikel Arteta will be taking that. But <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm Arsenal, I'm I'm winning a trophy, so that's perfect chance to go and get it. Well, the good news with the uh, the Champions League, because uh, UEFA knew when they instigated this particular second-tier European uh, format uh, that nobody was interested in it, they then said, well, not only are you going to get a little bit of uh, beer money and, uh, and, a, and a dust collector, if you win, you're in the Champions League main, main group as of next season. So there is that prize to win. Um who else we got of any interest? Oh, United are in Group E. United, Sociedad, uh, Sharif and Omanida from Greece, I think. Omanita. No, they're Cyprus. They're C- Cyprian. I have no idea. And this is part of the problem, right? <laughs> That's how far down we are. And this is only the second tier yeah. uh, of think, European football. I, so, think this, I think this is something that Ten Hag might look at and think, yes, let's go get a trophy. Um, he's obviously new to Manchester United. 
he want he wants to probably bring success back to the club. Europa League, it's not that you know be all and end all like the Champions League, but why not go and win it? I mean, Chelsea's been there twice; we've won it both times. You know, it's a trophy at the end of the day, and it's still prestigious. You get to play a Super Cup, and like you said, you go into the Champions League; it's automatic. So. Uh, United might find it tough to make the Champions League this season without winning that. So go for it. And I'll probably fancy them to be one of the favourites for sure. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting. Well, for me, I find it interesting that there's only the two EPL clubs in that uh, Europa League. Although, and I'll do it for. Oh, all right, I will. Because Sean will give me a kick in the backside if I don't mention that uh, West Ham have got into the uh, third division of European football. Um, and there, again, there's not too many European uh, English clubs in there. We've got Hearts playing in Group A, West Ham are in Group B, and I'm just going through the list there. I don't see anybody else. No, I believe I do believe that. Um, but again, that says West a lot, Ham, doesn't it, that, that even even clubs uh, that, that can qualify for European football go, yeah, no thanks. Don't oh, tell. Yeah, well, I mean, you saw West Ham had success in Europe last year, and the worry with them was can they back it up week in, week out? Do they have the squad? To sustain the travel because they don't have obviously it's unlimited budget like a lot of teams do um, but again why in my opinion if I'm a footballer I want to win every game I want to win a trophy I think there's nothing better than winning a trophy in Europe so it's the conference league it's, it isn't the you know it's not the big one it's not even the second one but <laughs> you, you still want to succeed no matter what where you're playing um, and again for them it's going to, they're going to find it very, very tough to even get any sort of European football next season. So you win this, and I believe you're probably going to the Europa League. That's so right, yeah. Go, yeah, it could be a good chance for, for Superware, especially a team like West Ham who hasn't won it in a little while. So. Yeah, no, I, I should give it a bit more uh, credibility than I do. But, I mean, there's a couple of big-name clubs in there. Fiorentina, Hearts, you've got uh, Anderlecht in there, Villarreal, yeah, Shamrock Rovers for your Irish connection yeah. there in there. So, yeah, but again, I've... I, I, yeah, like most people uh, in world football, we don't really have a great deal of interest in that one. Union Berlin, if we go back to the uh, Europa League, Union Berlin making their European debut, from what I understand. They're in Group D with Braga, Malmo and uh, Galois. So they're a big chance to get out of that group. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of those teams that, yeah, kind of just had a had a, had a great season in the domestic, you know, in the Bundesliga. Um like a, like a West team who've kind of just been building to a good point. So, again, can they sustain it? Can they sustain the travel? And the, can their players back it up? Um, but, yeah, so good chance again for a team to, to go into a, a knockout, well, get through the groups, obviously, and then go, go deeper into a tournament. Brilliant. Aaron, we've uh, impinged upon your time uh, more than... Uh more than we should, and we really do appreciate your input here at Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. Anything else you'd like to say before we um, before we let you go? Oh, well, obviously just want to see Chelsea win the league, so... <laughs> Undefeated? <laughs> Sign up everybody again. So, uh, do, you, do you really need Gordon, honestly? I mean, no. 60 mil no. for a player no, that's we, likely we to be sitting not. on the bench. He no, he's not the player we need at all. All right, and Chelsea can't loan him out anymore, are they? Because no. uh, there's a few restrictions on that. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Aaron, thanks, mate. We really, as I say, appreciate your, your help here on the World Football Programme. Um, we will be back in touch with you very, very shortly. You enjoy your day. Stay safe. And uh, come on, you blues. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. See you later. Thanks, man. Ta-da, mate. That was Aaron Trevathan from the... 
Football Tragics podcast. We love having Aaron on the show. Again, there's a few things I try to throw him under the bus with, and he just straight back down there over my head for six. <laughs> he, he is an expert. Good job, it, too. In, in other Australian news in the uh, Champions League. Yep. So Nikita Rukovica. He's playing for who? For Maccabi Haifa, Haifa in, in Israel. Israel. Yep. That's the lowest Europe ranked European team, 196th. You are full of stats there, Phil. There you go. So, but that being said, they're in the top 200. There must be, like, thousands. Oh, there must be, yeah. I mean, I don't think 196 doesn't sound too bad in no. Europe, does it, by European standards? Not but no, really. this is interesting that Nikita Rukovic is um, playing Champions League football this year. Former glory player, obviously. Former Perth soccer club player. I remember Absolutely. doing a night series Local game boy. when he first started. Mm. And I thought it was, yeah, in my prime, I thought it was quite quick. So, bit of a... Uh, and those that remember it, I gave five penalties in the first half. If, well, we definitely remember that. If, if <laughs> those remember it. And all five of them were nailed on. And people go, well, are you giving five penalties in the first half? Or, uh, because there's fouls in the box and the uh, resulting free kick <laughs> yeah, is from that you, spot. You would say that, Hugh. Well, it was. <laughs> but getting on there, there was a, a, a three ball played for Rukovitska. And I'm going, yep, yep, I'm, I'm off. I'll keep up with him. And he just He burnt. just took off. He yeah. was... He was lightning, that boy, and yeah, uh, lost a bit of pace. It's, un- it's, it's unusual that uh, he's not even on the, uh, the radar now for the Socceroos. Interesting, isn't it? Hmm. Because you're playing in, in a decent league. You're, you're now playing in the Champions League, and you're not in, in the, the, the frame for the World Cup starting in a couple of months' time. Yeah. wonder why. Good question. I wonder very why. Very good question. And, and when you think we're probably lacking... Oh, what can we do with a striker right now? I mean, with uh, the Gloria, Mustafa Amini, that he's mm. already put his uh, his stall out going, I'm here to play for the Glory to get back into the Australian World Cup squad. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, you've got someone playing in the A-League or someone playing in the Champions League, both of them going for the same position. Would surely be at a better standard, mm, wouldn't I it? I don't know. Mm. Maybe there's something else behind the scenes that we're not sure about. Anyway, that's a discussion for another day, and we've probably got to have it here at the World Football Program. We have Matt Stacey, Perth Glory's super fan, coming up after the break. You stick with us. You have Phil and Huey on the air for the World Football Program on 107.9 Radio Fremantle. Keep it on for another couple of minutes. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Hi, I'm Miranda Templeman. The world is a little different to us all right now. We may be learning to play football with our mates online, keep in touch through FaceTime and watch classic matches on Share TV. One thing that won't change is being able to listen to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Your World Football team are in the studio every Saturday from 10am to 12pm. We appreciate your support. Stay safe, Australia. We're all in this together. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www futsalwa.org.au 
The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. <laughs> Pinched the ball, you couldn't get the ball, could you? This is true, this is true, very annoying. I mean, it's, it's a tradition in our country if you get a ball and yeah. if you score three goals, you do finish up with the ball. But Helmut Haller pinched it, yeah. Helmut Haller stuck it up his jumper, he was a bit portly anyway. And so I think <laughs> didn't make a lot of difference, didn't make a lot of difference. Poor <laughs> dear old Helmut, I, I saw him say, I saw him pick it up, and I thought, well, eventually it'll get to the referee and I'll somebody will bring it in the dressing room, which is always happens at club level. But he didn't, and uh, he still got the ball. The funny thing was, many years later, I think about seven or eight years ago, when the Germans played at Wembley in a friendly, one of the German sports magazines had a, a press conference, and they wanted a player from either side in '66 just to talk about the game currently, and then talk about the past in '66. And through an interpreter, because Helmut doesn't speak very good English, I, I said it's tradition if you score three goals in a World Cup final to keep the ball. And Helmut cheekily answered. He said it's a tradition in Germany. He said he just scored the first goal in the World Cup, finally keep the ball, which I thought was a very good answer. Yeah, that's a great answer. That is a great answer. Yeah, you score the first goal in the World Cup final, you get the ball. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fair to me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Matt? Joining us on the line is Matt Stacey, Perth Glory super fan. What do you think, Matt? You score the first goal in the World Cup final, you keep the ball, or a hat trick? Uh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> you play in a World Cup final, you make sure you get one of the ball boys to give you one of those But if, if I'm playing in a World Cup final, I'm taking the ball, get guaranteed, even if I take the field. Matt, thank you very much for joining us. How are you today and where do oh, we find you? Oh, good. I'm, I'm actually at home at the moment, but sort of a bit disappointed with the news that came out yesterday. Not from Glory's side of it, but from the government and venues west. Yep, go for yep. it. Yeah, it's just disgraceful. Honestly, if I was them, I would be forking out Optus Stadium for Glory to use in the January games and giving them the venue for it and letting them charge whatever they want to fill up the stadium. Yep, we did have... Um uh, Mr Sage on this show a few weeks ago and he was uh, talking that both himself and Mr Forrest are in the, are in the discussions to get a boutique stadium, which is a, one of those kit stadiums. I think it might be coming from Qatar, but he says it might be located in the eastern states at the moment where mm. they can bring it over lock, stock and barrel and build their own stadium. I personally <coughs> believe that with the glory being as um, entrenched in the Perth sporting um, horizon as they have been that this venue should have already been uh, sourced some time ago to avoid these sorts of situations. If you don't own your ground, you're always at the um, the terrors mm. of your landlord. But the owners are the West Australian government. Of that particular venue, yes. yes. And, and as I say, with Mr Forrest and his particular sporting uh, uh, group and Mr Sage with his particular sporting group, they're, they're close friends, they've got a dollar or three in their back pocket. Um, this should have been a situation that never arose. You know, yes, yes. you need a, a venue. No two ways about that. But uh, if, as we saw last season, and COVID for the last couple of seasons has impacted the um, the attendances, that's, that's fair enough. But when was the last time, Matt, that you saw HBF Park? Is it HBF Park? It is HBF Park, yeah. Yep. Absolutely brimming to the rafters. I can't remember the time. It certainly was before 2019. I, rec I recall, I think it was a final against Adelaide, I think, was the last time I really saw it. And that was, what, 2019? And that was when we, were, we had the final Optus against At Sydney Optus. that year. Yep. Yeah. 
Your your thoughts on that one, Matt? Should this uh, have been sorted sometime beforehand, or well, yes, well, uh, well, well beforehand. But then again, we've had this. Honestly, Forrest and that are most probably not necessarily got along in the past. It's most probably now neutral thing because of Western Force problems as well at the stadium. They've come to some sort of neutral agreement because of Sage has never wanted Forrest as a part owner that would have actually maybe helped with the financial side of it because he's got the money as well. Yeah, yeah. So I've, this is because I've had chats and saying about Forrest and he's had no, no interest in Forrest in the past. Oh, OK. Well, I, I mean, he... Well, OK, that, that is... Uh, well, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, so. the enemy of my... Yeah, but, uh, yeah, as I say, we, it was from Mr Sage's mouth here on this very show uh, probably about three, maybe four weeks ago where he said he and Forrest were looking to get a, a purchasable boutique stadium shipped over from the eastern states and transplanted here so that this situation would never again arise. He is that angry. Yeah, but where, where, the question is, where do we put the stadium that's located easy enough to get to and on a train line? Yeah, there's okay. Not, there's, not, there's not that many locations. That's, that's the worrying thing, is where we place the stadium. Yep, good call. Now, uh, Matt, uh, apologies for uh, the shortness of time. We did have a couple of guests overrun. You are heavily involved in the Glory Shed Supporters Club. Can you tell us uh, a little bit of what's happening in that space? I see there's an AGM coming up. Oh, AGM was last week. It was last week, the 20th. Sorry, mate. Uh, How'd that go? That went really well. We've um, had some information from the club that they are on the works of having a venue that all Glory fans will be able to watch the away games. And uh, you want to give us a uh, an indication as to where that may be, or is that still um, in the? We don't know. We don't know. We've only been told that that that's in the works with all the new managers, all the people coming back at the club. Oh, they're all hoping to get a venue sorted so we can watch games together. Like okay. we've not had before, and that we announced our tour of duty for. Yeah, I was going to get onto that. Yeah, that that's the big thing. Go for that. So I've got that in front of me now. The tour of duty twenty is Friday the fourteenth of April to Tuesday the eighteenth of April. Ground package is six hundred and eighty bucks, which includes yeah. four nights twin share at the Holiday Inns, a shirt, a badge, uh, my favourite, the stubby holder. Uh, surprise merchandise item, club dinner, and bus on game day, and a game day ticket. Yeah. How do we become involved in that one, Matt? Well, anyone can be involved as long as you're of age, of drinking age, because of uh, it's a lot of people would be drink, pursuing a lot more, and it's sort of easier to run if you don't have minors on, involved in it. Yeah, because it's more of an adult type event. I would have thought so. When you actually advertise a stubby holder, it's not a uh, a can holder. You know, can holders you can put, you know, not alcoholic in there. Stubby holder. There's only one thing coming into stubby, I think. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, we we want to make it as big as possible. Being it's at the shed twenty to it. I haven't been on tour for twenty, the full twenty. But how many have you been on, Matt? I would have been over. I've been over ten of them. Wow. So I've done over half. But they started when the first tour they did was Sydney Olympic in Sydney. So 
it had to, the twenties tour had to be in Sydney. Yes. Yeah. Any chance now, of seeing a Sydney Olympic game while you're over there? I think they play uh, Sundays, do, do they not, over there? Or is it Saturday still? I think the um, the New South Wales Premier League, yeah, it might be Saturday. That would be a nice uh, touch to uh, have the the Glory Shed supporters group just rock on down to uh, Sydney Olympic and go, you're, and we know you are, you're... And we know you are. <laughs> but, but the only thing people need to, if they're wanting to come on it, they have to be a, they have to pay a $25 yep. membership for the GSC, the supporters group. That doesn't get you into the Shed Out of Glory game. Nope. That's the supporters group. And you get, and we do events throughout the year that they get access to, and you get a little nice pin badge. That's um, every year that you get when you join the Shed with the Shed logo on. Yep. So it's commemorative pin, and that's what should be valued, almost valued at that price in, on its own. Yep. And as I say, it's six hundred and eighty bucks for for that. You airfare uh, excluded, but you need to uh, make a deposit uh, of about no deposit of two hundred dollars before the first home game, which is what the twenty third. Is that correct, Matt? Yeah, the twenty third of the tenth. And the full payment by the uh, 4th of February next year. So you don't have to come up with the full 680 and airfare before then. But if you are thinking of going on the tour of duty with the Perth Glory Shed Supporters Group, where can we find more details, Matt? On the, is there a Facebook page? Yes, on the Glory Shed Supporters The Glory Shed, there's a, there's a page on there. You guys have shared the Shed page before. We did, we did, and that's yeah. uh, the world's greatest wingman, I would imagine, has got onto that one. Uh, so he's done well there. Yep, we've got that there. Plus, um, on when Jubilee games happen, I forgot to mention, Go. we're going to be having our pre-games at the Varsity in Jubilee. So people people can always approach on the first game any one of the shed people there and they can uh, relate them to the right person. All right. And before we let you go, Matt, Subudio Perth have asked me, when are we getting the Perth Subudio and Perth Glory Shed Supporters Group challenge happening? we've, We've been talking about this one for years. Come on now. We're ready. Oh, I don't know. Oh, come on, mate. That, that sounds like a cop-out. You know, we would be nice. We only beat you 6-7-0. It's all right. Yeah, remember, a lot of these shed guys are really old now. A lot of them are And this tour will most probably be their last as well. Oh, come on, Matt. We're not finishing on that down. What are you talking about? There's plenty more in them. Well, send 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 an email to the shed, shed right. or message the shed on our Facebook page, and then it can come up. Because right. I'm only a committee member. Our president, Dave Winkler, <laughs> that I reckon you should try get on the show one day, Dave Winkler, who's our president. You yep. may have heard of Dave Winkler yes, before. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I would get him on, and, as he is our president. I can do that. I will. Uh, yep. Yeah, I'm. You know I'm regularly behind the desk here, so I will do that for sure. I'll get Dave on. You need to put out the challenge here, I think. Put it, I put it, out, put it, out, put it out direct to Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, those that are listening from the United Reds, uh, yeah, I've thrown the gauntlet down to you guys as well. Let, let's do a three-way challenge here. <laughs> We've got the equipment. We just need the uh, the, the whipping boys. <laughs>
No comment. Well done, Matt. You're playing that with a straight yeah. bat. <laughs> All right, Matt. Thank you. Like I said, apologies for the uh, the shortness of the interview there, That's Matt. Okay. Uh, That's okay. There's, there's plenty more weeks before the season. There is, and there's plenty more chances for you to come back on and give us more in-depth. Do you and see... Get, and, get, and get to the game on Thursday night. Where is the game, Matt? Please let us know again. This is in Inglewood. And the kickoff is 7.30 or 7? 7. 7 o'clock, Inglewood. Will there be... Uh, oh, OK, Inglewood versus the Glory pre-season fixture. Thursday night, get yourself down there. Matthew, thank you very much for joining us on the World Football Program. You stay safe and have a good day. You too. Bye. Thanks, Matt. Bye-bye. And that was Matthew Stacey, Perth Glory superfan. You'll always see Matt down there at the Glory in... Well, you can't miss him. Well, you definitely can't miss him. You can't miss him. Yeah. No one knows what he actually looks like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He needs to get that face paint taken off. Yep. Yep. Well, that's us nearly done. Phil, thank you very much for joining me here in the studio. It's been my pleasure. Anything my, you want to uh, finish the show with? No, definitely my pleasure, Hugh. Anytime. Oh, we'll keep just, that in mind. Just, uh, yeah, been always fun to join the uh, the crew here. <laughs> to see the magic that doesn't happen the when magic. I'm behind the deck. No, no, Hugh. <laughs> great job on the deck there today. We've got uh, Len coming up with Bags Groove just after the, the break. So thank you very much for joining us, dear listeners. It's a wonderful day out there. Get yourself out to a game. And we will be back next week at the same time. This is the World Football Program. Hugh and Phil signing off on Radio Fremantle's 107.9 FM. Let me... Done! Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.